Super Talk Mississippi media production. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander with us today as well. And uh, we've got lots to talk about. Baseball and football schedules have been released. We're going to get on that in just a moment. Uh, Robin Murphy, a former Lady Eagle, is going to be on the show later in the hour. Patrick McGee as well. From the Biloxi Sun Herald opening segment, as it is every day, sponsored by our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show, and we're proud to have them. They get great food seven days a week. Uh, Luke sampled some just yesterday. The ice cream is back in all of the uh, Dickie's uh, uh, dining rooms, and so you can enjoy Dickie's right here by the Hattiesburg Mall. In-house, uh, you can drive through. They'll have it delivered right to your front door, however you choose. Choose Dickie's Barbecue. We've been waiting. We've been kind of semi-fussing. Uh, we've been fretting over the uh, new baseball schedule. Football also out yesterday, but we're going to start with baseball uh, because we're just about three weeks away from the kickoff of the uh, new baseball season. Home series against Northwestern State, UConn, Louisiana, Lafayette, Missouri State, UAB, Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee. It all starts February 19th. And Kelly, since we're bringing you on in the first segment, I'll uh, I'll go to you first. Uh, Northwestern State, uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, UAB, uh, UConn, boy, an attractive home slate for the Golden Eagles. Really, and, and we, we knew about all of those except for Missouri State. And, of course, we knew about all those because the other schools – had had pretty much released you know their schedule so far, but now that everything is set in stone, we can tell you it was the demons over in Natchitoches that that uh, dragged their feet just a little bit in getting the contract in uh, in Hattiesburg, and it's going to be that's going to be the opening series. Uh, Bobby Barbier's demons were a regional team just a couple of years ago. They went up to Corvallis, uh, Oregon, and almost knocked LSU out up there uh, in Corvallis. Um, so you know it was it was. That's a really good Southland program. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana, I think, is also on that schedule maybe for a single game. And Matt uh, Reiser Midweek, coaches, yes, yes. Midweek, and Matt Reiser coaches that team. Matt Reiser is a native of Picayune, so he knows all about the Southern Miss uh, tradition. Matt Reiser and his Lions, also a, a Southland uh, contender. So, you know, we knew about the Cajuns. We announced that a couple weeks ago. We just didn't know the dates necessarily. UConn was the first one that we announced. Again, Missouri State was the only one that we didn't know, but a lot of those are uh, home series and looks like, uh, looks like a, as I recall and as I remember, probably the overall, overall the strongest slate that the Eagles have had in, in a while, I think, right. top a- to bottom. Another midweek game against South Alabama perennial regional baseball program. Luke Johnson, uh, challenging schedule, going to be a lot of excitement at the peak. 
Can you imagine what it would have been like if Florida State would have been on the schedule? Right. right. Uh, you, you get a home and home with South Alabama. They come uh, to 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 the Pete in, in April. We go down there in February. You know, Missouri State. People might look at that and gloss over. This is a team that made a super regional in 2015 and 2017. They're they're good, and they they come to the Pete. I mean, as far as like home slate schedules, you've got four regional teams coming to the Pete in the first month of the season. As as far as a non conference schedule, this is like Kelly said. This is probably as strongest as you've ever had. I, there, there's not a team. Jacksonville State's supposed to. Or are they Kelly? The Ohio Valley. They are in the Ohio Valley, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like picked to win it this year. So every non-conference, every team that the Eagles play up until March 23rd can possibly or probably will make the NCAA tournament this year. Alabama last year had an RPI of number three. Yeah. And then when you go through the conference schedule and you go down, you, you play Louisiana Tech at home. It, it's unique this year. You get you know eight games against Tech. You go there in April. Uh, but I, I text you guys earlier. The last three series at Rice – Middle Tennessee, who was a top 50 RPI, they come to the Pete first uh, weekend of May, and then you go to FAU. That is a uh, – I like the way, Bob, you said it. I texted you all, and I was like, man, that's a brutal way to end. And then, Bob, you said, well, it's brutal for them. But, I mean, this is some high-quality baseball on this schedule out from right. Scott Berry. And I think I left out Louisiana Tech. Did I not? It's going to be UAB, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee are the conference games at home. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. What a schedule, man. And, and, and you know, in, in times past, you'd, you'd have to worry about the weather and rainouts and so on and so forth. But now, with the way things are, if the game is scheduled, you're, you're pretty much going to play it. Um, you know, it might not be exactly right on time if you get a thunderstorm that comes through or whatever. But, but now you're, you're all systems go. So, you know, pretty much you're going to be able to get these games in. And that means a lot for fans, uh, regardless of how many fans are allowed to go. Right. You know, pretty much that, that there's going to be a game. So uh, and that's, and that's the next question, Kelly. Is and, and that that was brought up to me last night, and, and I don't I didn't have an answer. Uh, we're waiting now to find out how are they going to do that. Are they going to limit, uh, you know, the number of fans? Are they going to I mean, how are they going to figure in the suites? How are they going to figure in the roost? How are they going to figure in the you know the area out the picnic like area between the roost and the stadium? Uh, uh, that that's the next big question mark. And I don't, I don't. I think the only thing that the biggest problem in that calculation is going to be the roost. I don't think the suites will necessarily be a problem because the suites are built for X number of people. All right, regardless of how many people actually go, they're built. You know, each suite is built for X number of people. That's probably what they will use in their their calculations. Uh, but but the roost, you know, fluctuates. And the problem is a lot of the people in the roost besides the people in the suites, are a lot of the money people that make it go, you know? And, and for years, you guys and I all know that the people in the roost, you just kind of wink at them and let them do their own thing. You know, the roost kind of is an entity all of itself, and you really don't want to know what's going on in the roost. You know, don't ask, don't tell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of deal. And, and nobody in the roost is going to want to be told they can't go. Well, you know, so yeah, well, nobody climbing over the fence and sneaking up the long leaf trace and everything. It's going to be right. a problem for the school because really none of the, nobody that buys season tickets, nobody that has a suite, nobody that's in the roost is going to be is going to want to hear you can't come. 
No, the other thing is, is you know, we're, we're being vaccinated more and more by the day. You're outside, okay, which that obviously, you know, the data tells us that you're outside, your, your risk of infection. I just don't, your risk of infection goes down. I just don't think that there's going to be, and, and this is strictly my opinion. I know the university will say otherwise. I just don't think there's going to be real strict enforcement of outside attendance. I just don't. Well, I hope you're right. I, I want everybody that well, wants to go to the games to be there. You're right. Bob, never fear. The mayor is here, and uh, Jody is, is about to let me know what we're being told about the roost. So I'm in the process of getting that information now. One more interesting note on the baseball schedule. I got confirmation uh, just, just a minute ago. The Jackson State Series, which is – Jacksonville State, which is March 5th, 6th, and 7th, that is what where Florida State would have been. So can you imagine that stretch? UConn, Mississippi State, Florida State, and Louisiana Lafayette. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. But that would, it would have been a road series. The Eagles replaced that. One other thing that I thought was interesting here, the first two series uh, against Northwestern State and UConn, the Friday game begins at 4 Saturday at 2 and Sunday at 1. Now, you know, obviously the non-conference series, is those are three-game series. Even the Missouri – Louisiana Lafayette and Missouri State, the second uh, set of the series uh, starting on March 12th and March 19th start at 6. So if you're planning your, your series out, the first two are at 4, the second two are at 6. And then once we get in conference play, it'll be a 6 p.m. Friday game, doubleheader beginning at 2 p.m. on Saturday and then the Sunday game at 1 o'clock. I, don't, I think – I think that four four o'clock start is a good move because early in the season it's going to get darn chilly. Yeah, you know, once yeah. that sun goes down. So playing that single game at four o'clock, it's still going to be, you know, chilly enough. But at least you'll see some sunlight. Kelly Sander, and I don't want to in any way dismiss Middle Tennessee. Nobody's easy in college baseball. That on paper would appear to be the easiest series. But other than that, man, I'm going to tell you what. There's there's not an easy opponent on the schedule that's going to be at the peak. Well, they, they can't certainly, you know, the, the selection, the people that make the selections for these tournaments certainly can't say that, you know, that it's a weak schedule. You know, no. when you talk about RPI, you know, Luke mentioned that Alabama was, was a three RPI. I'm just glad to know that the Alabama football team is letting the baseball team have some money. Right. Um, well, I mean, look, look at four, non, four non-conference games are against Alabama, Mississippi State, South Alabama, and Southeastern Louisiana. Which one of them is easy, Kelly Sander? None of them. None of them. That's exactly right. None of them. But, Are, you know, the world, the world famous philosopher Ric Flair has always said if you're going to be the man, you got to beat, beat the man. Beat the man. Woo! Yeah. All right. Kelly's going to come back in the last segment of the show. We'll talk a little bit about the football schedule that came out yesterday as well. Plenty to talk about on today's Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald is next. Kelly, don't take your nap just yet. Coming back I'll to be, you at the last of the hour. I'll be here. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by Kathleen and her crew at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. What a great place to go uh, to buy some baseball, basketball apparel, some stuff for your car, for your home. If you're a Southern Miss fan, it's a must-and-do stop. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, also CampusBookmart.net. Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the Eagle Hour now. Patrick, did you not say you had just gotten off a uh, a Zoom media day call for baseball? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty productive. Talked with Coach Perry and uh, four players. And, uh, you know, they, the players seemed pretty darn optimistic. But, you know, Scott Berry's never going to get overly excited. But you can tell everybody's feeling pretty good about where the team is here, uh, just what we're almost three weeks away from the season openers, and we finally have a schedule. So it feels like it's kind of becoming a reality at this point. All right, your thoughts about the schedule, Patrick, and also what was the what was the biggest take you got out of the uh, out of the media day Zoom call? Uh, the biggest take is just, you know, a lot of the same stuff that we've already talked about. Uh, the quality of the pitching staff is going to be, you know, really exceptional, especially through the starting rotation. And just hearing the guys kind of talk about the guys that are going to be working out of the bullpen, it sounds like uh, Ben Etheridge is going to be uh, going back to that role more than, than anything. Possibly Drew Boyd becomes that fourth starter on the weekends. Um, it, it's, you know, it's all about pitching and and uh, maybe finding that pop that was a little bit missing last year, maybe through Slade Wilkes and, and Chris Sargent, the new first baseman. Uh, they, those guys can kind of add – that little element to the uh, lineup, I think, you know, it can be a pretty solid uh, uh, starting nine. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks this is going to be an offense kind of like what they had with Walner and uh, some of those guys. But they're not going to need that if the pitching staff stays healthy and, and can really kind of uh, uh, just really kind of meet their ceiling in terms of potential. I made the comment uh, we better be good uh, as we think we are with this schedule. Pretty pretty stout schedule, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's a really difficult schedule to be honest. Uh, every there's not going to be a weekend where you have a you know uh, a really a weak team. You don't have a Valparaiso on <laughs> or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. I mean, it's, uh, yet you know, uh, yet UConn. I mean, I, uh, UConn's traditionally a good program. Northwestern State is is a team you should be in the opener, uh, but from there on out, you know, even Missouri State is a team you cannot take for granted at all. And you pay play Louisiana Tech twice. Uh, in in the conference slate, and that's probably the you know the second best team right. in the conference. Uh, I guess maybe against Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, you look at those series as ones that Southern Miss should win. But outside of that, there's nothing to take for granted. Yeah, the Raging Cajuns are always nasty. I mean, th- right. that's never going to be easy playing them. All right, Luke, uh, jump in here with the professor. Patrick, I think where the the pitching staff really comes into play is when you get into these conference tournaments, and we've seen teams in Conference USA not really to be able to have a solid three starter for the weekend, and now they got to find a way to do four. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's the I, I think all most teams are going to have uh, be a little bit have more depth this year uh, across the board, but to have four guys any season, even if you've got you know, guys coming back from the season prior that weren't necessarily supposed to be coming back, it's still difficult to put four guys out there. And Southern Miss, as long as everybody's healthy, they will be able to put four guys out there on a weekend that's going to give them a chance to win or a really good chance to win. So, uh, it, it you know, uh, Barry kind of downplays that, saying, well, everybody's going to be good this year. But if you talk to the players, they really think 
uh, this does kind of, it is to their benefit because they're kind of built to do something like that. And uh, there's only going to be so many teams that really can put four guys out there. Uh, most teams, you know, in regular season usually have two guys they can really rely on, and you try to piece together on that third day. But to have to do it four games over the weekend is going to be difficult. Uh, you know, you'll see more teams be able to do that this year, but uh, I, I think it'd be optimistic to think everybody's going to be able to do that in conference play or really in, in any league. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks. Uh, we know Walker Powell, Gabe Shepard will be in there. Expect Etheridge to be in there. It'll be interesting to see some of those other guys. All right, turning the page to football, Patrick, Southern Miss football schedule. We get two schedules on one day yesterday. 12 games, six home, six on the road. South Alabama, Grambling, Troy, and Alabama. So we start with four straight non-conference games. Uh, at Rice, UTEP and UAB at home, at Middle Tennessee, North Texas at home, at San Antonio, Louisiana Tech at home, FIU. Uh, I'm sorry, Louisiana Tech at, at Russ and then FIU at home. So Middle Tennessee, FIU are the two partners from the west, or from the, from the east, and now uh, with Southern Miss being in the west. Your thoughts, uh, I guess, uh, over or under maybe possible wins, just some your, your take on the schedule. That, that's a really hard one to to, uh, to peg right now. I, I think maybe I can answer that after the the spring because I I just really don't know what that offense is going to look like this season with some uncertainties at certain positions. You lose Tim Jones, obviously that's a big deal. Uh, you know, if I had to guess off my head, I think maybe six or seven wins uh, for Southern Miss. It's a well it's a well put together schedule. I like the way it's done. Uh, you see here in recently in, con- in non conference slate. Uh, Southern Miss isn't going that far from home. And I, you see that again this season with them going to Alabama, with them going to South Alabama. I think that kind of takes a little bit off the strain in terms of travel and, and getting the kind of team rolling the early in the season. Uh, I don't think the conference slate is any more tough than anything they've played here in recent years. I mean, going to Louisiana Tech always makes it a little bit tougher. But you're hosting UAB in a little bit of a transition season, I would think. Uh, so, you know, I think the conference slate is actually relatively easy compared to some of the other ones we've seen in recent years. But so much uncertainty right now in terms of being able to decide how many wins, you know, how many wins that, that schedule equals. Hey, Patrick, before we run out of time, I, we've talked a lot this week about basketball, but a pretty important game uh, on the schedule tonight. And then again on Saturday. Uh, the, but, you know, every time we sort of think the men are getting traction, they, they seem to. They seem to have a problem. Your analysis of where we are in basketball. Yeah, it's you know, I, you know, whenever they beat Middle Tennessee twice over the weekend, that was in Hattiesburg. I mean, that was a must. I mean, they had to win those two games. Middle Tennessee is not a good basketball team this year. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, you see the team make steady progress here or there, and then you go out to UTSA. You think, well, you got to win at least one of those to kind of. Uh, keep the ball rolling a little bit, and they go out there and lose to UTSA, which is also not the greatest basketball team. And now you're playing a really good Louisiana Tech squad that's already got a win against Western Kentucky on its schedule. So uh, this game in Hattiesburg is is really a big game. Uh, you know, you have some possibly winnable games. You know, down the stretch, FAU, FIU, uh, Rice. Uh, but you know, this is you know, if this team is going to be good and maybe get in the conference tournament and win a couple of games. They're going to have to start beating teams like Louisiana Tech. Uh, so I, I think it's really important uh, for them to win one of these games, just kind of build up morale going into the, to, to the latter stages of the season. 
Yeah, I watched some video last night of Louisiana Tech. It looks like they've got a baby Clarence Weatherspoon uh, in the middle of the paint. They're going to have trouble with that guy. Yeah, I, I saw a photo of him the other day, and I was like, "What? Where did he come from?" No what, kidding. You know, and and I mean, he's—I think he's six eight, you know, two ninety or something like that. Uh, he's a freshman, and so it's that's scary. Uh, you know, you don't see that many guys in, in conference USA other than maybe Bassey up at Western Kentucky. Uh, so yeah, they're going to—he's going to be able to push some dudes around because yeah. he is built. I mean, he's—he's he's got a lot of muscle in that frame too. Have you seen this dude, Luke? He's big. <laughs> They're gonna have to put Harris or Stevenson or somebody down low just to have to put two guys on him. It, I mean, it's it's a test. You're getting ready for the lottery pick from Western Kentucky because he's a man too. So, yeah, we got one of those waiting in the wings with with Belton. Man, he's just still a baby. But we got a guy on our team that's six ten, two eighty. So just uh, we'll we'll grace people for a couple years. But it's coming for Southern Miss. No question. Patrick, before we run out of time, let me take you back to the Zoom call. We were discussing this earlier in the show. Was any mention made of, of, of how they're going to handle crowds this year in baseball? Uh, I asked Barry about that during the, uh, the Zoom, and you know, apparently administration not really ready yet to make that official. Uh, but I think everybody's kind of under the assumption that it's really going to be you know season ticket holders uh, that get access to games, especially early on. Maybe that could change as the COVID picture, you know, changes in Mississippi. But uh, to start, I think priority is going to be for those those season ticket holders. And maybe we'll see, you know, 25% attendance. Uh, maybe it's something a little bit more north of that. But it's, it's you know, baseball is a little bit different animal in that you, you have a little bit of space to, to spread out, you know, whether it's out in the rooster and, and stuff like that. But in the bleachers themselves, you just don't have as much space as you would have as, in a football stadium. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think we'll probably see something similar to what we saw in football, at least to start the season. Right. Uh, but that could change once they get into, say, April, late April and May. But a better scenario than basketball, because it's outdoors. Am I right about that? A, a little easier a little easier situation to navigate. Right, yeah. And it's, you know, you're entering a stretch to where maybe hopefully the numbers start to decline a little bit. And it's, it's, you know, they've, they've made decisions based on data. And right now the data is not great, even though it's looking better. Uh, but if we get in April, maybe maybe we can see those the uh, the limits on attendance uh, go up. All right, Patrick. I think we've covered all of our bases, no pun intended, uh, in this segment with you. And uh, we always enjoy our conversations with you. We look forward to having you back next week. All right, sure. Thanks for having me. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald, and uh, I think we covered about every sport that's pretty active right now, Luke. Uh, just waiting on that baseball attendance information. That's uh, the next big question mark, and uh, hopefully we'll find out. So we're going to try our best to get Coach Barry on the show Monday. And uh, a remake tomorrow, Bud Holmes, the first super agent and the agent of many a Southern Miss football player, is going to be on the show tomorrow. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you joining us on this Thursday, exciting Thursday. Football, baseball schedules for the 2021 released. Southern Miss basketball going on tonight. Women over 
in Louisiana Tech at 6.30 p.m., taking on the Lady Bulldogs. Men in Reed Green Coliseum tonight on a national televised broadcast against Louisiana Tech at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. A lot going on. It seems as if soccer's about to get started, softball's about to get started, and uh, maybe in 2021 we'll be able to pull all of that off. Happy to have you on the Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson, at the First Bank Studio in downtown Laurel. Bob Getty at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Every day uh, is an 8.95 lunch. It's the premier neighborhood sports bar and grill in Hattiesburg. And uh, get ready, Bob Getty, Catfish Friday coming at you tomorrow. Pretty good. We're joined right now um, by uh, Robin Murphy, who played for the Lady Eagles basketball team from 2008 to 2010. By the way of George Washington, and she's originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Robin joins us now. And Robin, we were we were laughing during the the commercial break. You were telling us about how you're from Atlanta, you went to George Washington, and you ended up uh, in Hattiesburg, partly because of uh, a guy we had on a couple weeks ago, uh, Derek Hamilton. Tell us about your your journey from Atlanta to Hattiesburg. Uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, And my my journey from Atlanta to Hattiesburg was definitely a definitely a uh, unpredictable one <laughs> to say the least uh you know when we're, we're kids uh you know in, in going into college you know you're just a kid wide-eyed and bushy-tailed uh you know just wanting to play whatever sport um that you know you're going to college for and whatnot um so anyway i ended up going to george washington university i had a uh, full scholarship uh, obviously at the george washington university uh i played for about uh, well, one year, about a year and a half, and I tore my ACL, and I transferred. I redshirted and transferred, and uh, Derek Hamilton was the guy that uh, guided me, if you will, to Southern Miss um, and connected me with Joy Lee and so forth. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's where my, my basketball days continued. So you came here in 2008. You played for for Joy Lee McNellis. I guess Washington D.C. and Hattiesburg, Mississippi, quite a bit of difference. Was it easy to transition? Oh, it's a total, complete uh, opposite um, environment uh, ecosystem uh, from uh, major Division One to lower Division One, uh, and then not not to mention you know your you know your city or lack thereof in Hattiesburg. Um, uh, but uh, my transition wasn't too bad because uh, I am, again, like, as you said, I am from Georgia and I am from the uh, outskirts. Uh, so I've got a bit of a country girl in me anyway, <laughs> growing up, you know, riding four-wheelers and gardening and, and so forth. Um, so, uh, so so the transition uh, was actually easier uh, than, than hard. Well, you know, Robin, about Derek's personality. It's very big. He was on the show just a couple of weeks ago. He's a major hit every time he comes on the show. Did you know what an icon he was when he brought you down here? Uh, well, you know, he, he, he boasted about himself, of course, because, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> that's that guy. <laughs> um, and, then, and then once I uh, really, uh, you know, like uh, once I really um, – uh, uh, built a uh, a close friendship with Derek uh, through him training me and so forth. Uh, yeah, he showed me Coca Cola commercials to uh, <laughs> the uh, the NIT, I believe it is that they right. won. He won there, um, and and he had pretty pretty super decorated career. And yeah. I definitely 
hats off to that guy because he's def- he definitely uh, was in- was very instrumental in my professional career. A very shy man, right? Yeah, 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 completely. Won't say a word. Just completely withdrawn. Yeah, you're right about that. Completely. I heard you talking to Luke off air, and, and uh, after you left here, you, you played pretty much all over the world professionally. I sure did. Um, I mean, I am just blessed to have had played uh, eight, almost nine years professionally, and to have had been able to retire on my own watch and not be forced to retire for injury or uh, you know, any other thing. Um, so, yeah, I started off uh, in Malta, in, in Italy, and um, I traveled from Italy to Luxembourg to Spain to, to Turkey to uh, Finland to Ireland to, um, oh, my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, there, uh, the Philippines. I played in the Philippines. I played in Qatar. I played in um, Dubai. Uh, and I can't recall anywhere else at the moment. Um, Ireland, I played in Ireland. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I just, I just couldn't have uh, asked for a better career. You know, we talked to we Luke and I have talked to a, quite a number of basketball players from here that got that opportunity to play in all of the European and South American leagues and what have you. I really think in a lot of ways that that's a better gig than than playing, you know, professionally just here in the United States, because I would think, Robin, it's hard to put a price tag on how valuable that world experience is to see different cultures in different parts of the world. I completely agree with you. Um, couldn't agree more. Um, but, you know, again, different strokes for, for different folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you, you get some... Uh, teammates, uh, uh, you know, on the other side of the world who want to go home, who are homesick or who don't want to leave out of their room to explore the incredible world um, outside of them in a foreign country. So I think it's um, I think it's just, you know, I, I think it's very subjective to the uh, person uh, experiencing it, um, of course. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I'm sorry. Let me finish. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, but playing in the States, I mean, is definitely the, you know, biggest platform, uh, largest platform of basketball to play on. So, uh, you know, to, to also play in the States is also a great, a incredible gig. <laughs> right, right. I know Luke wants to get back in here. I've got one question I want to ask you before we turn yeah. it back over to him. Uh, you played for Jordan Lee McNellis. I'm sure you're aware of the situation uh, with Coach McNellis. She's a very dear friend to Luke and I both. Uh, your thoughts about Joy Lee, uh, what she meant to you in your time here? Joy Lee, first and foremost, um, prayers uh, to her um, and to her family, entire family, and all the Lady Eagle family. Also, as we, um, you know, as we as we see how this pans out, uh, uh, so many many blessings. Um, my experience there with Joy Lee. Um, I, I, I will be honest. I didn't have the best experience um, under her, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But everyone's every, everyone has their own perspective. Uh, so I didn't have the best experience. Um, definitely, we didn't necessarily uh, have a we 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 didn't necessarily get along personality wise. I would say, mm-hmm. um, but like, there's no bad thing to talk about. Uh, she, uh, we, uh, we, uh, I think we made it to uh, the and I. 
see, what did we do during those two years? Uh, I think we might have won conference mm-hmm. or close to it, or we, or we lost in the final. Um, and and through all, I mean, she was a pretty uh, you know stand up coach. Uh, she uh, you know she uh, she she knows the game of basketball, that's for sure. Uh, but she does play her favorite, and uh, you know that's that's and that and that's you know that's just her coaching style. And uh, and yeah, I would I would play for her again, even regardless of the uh, the not so great uh, experience. I'd still I, I wouldn't take it away, and I'd do it again. There we go. Well, that says a lot, uh, Luke. Uh, your last questions for Robin. Yeah, Robin. Just a last question. I've I've been fortunate to travel the world also, and it's really helped me, you know, uh, see people in the right way, and and just the perspective that it gives you. If I'm counting right, you you played basketball on three different continents, and sometimes people, you know, don't don't think of basketball as being a world sport, and in every way it is, just like soccer. What did traveling the world and being so immersed in other cultures? How has that helped you in your daily life? I mean, completely, uh, you know, um, especially uh, with the weight of the world um, present time uh, during all this, uh, uh, you know, chaos or unforeseen, if you will. Um, it definitely helped expand and broaden my horizons. Uh, I traveled a bit before uh, as a child, before playing basketball. Um, so I was able to at least, you know, uh, uh, get, get, get into some culture. But uh what I, what I did mostly was I made sure that I absorbed every culture I got into through all of my senses. Um, and, 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 and through that, I ended up uh, creating uh, acquaintances and friends worldwide in all these continents. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely think and encourage uh, everyone to get out there and travel the world, see what's around them, and interact with people because we're all human. And we're all just walking each other home. And, you know, and, and none of us have this thing figured out. And we are much more alike than we are different. That's absolutely right. That, that, that's a great way to end the conversation. We really appreciate your time. But next time we talk to Derek, we're going to tell him that you want to encourage him to break out of that shell and become a little more <laughs> open. Is that, is that cool? Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's like pull, pulling piss out of him, you know? <laughs> hey, Robin, great conversation. Thanks so much. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, everybody. God bless. All right. Robin Murphy, everybody. A personal friend of the one and only Derek Hamilton. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Great talking to Robin Murphy, former Southern Miss lady basketball player and played in a lot of places. And it pretty is it is interesting, uh, especially if the Summer Olympics happen this summer, if they don't. But you will see that, man, basketball is a worldwide game everywhere. Great talking to her for segment of the eagle hour brought to you by d bad and d1 training located on highway 98 in hattiesburg just next to best buy in the old gaddy town building great place to go uh, we we've had uh, their staff on here and, and if you're looking for a place to get in shape or looking for a place for your kids to have um, some great instruction it's the place to go d bad and d1 training 
proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly joins us now on the phone and Kelly, we were talking uh, during the uh, commercial. A lot of a lot of questions on uh, about the Southern Miss baseball schedule that's released, and part of that is people are saying, "Why in the world are we playing Louisiana Tech twice?" Golden Eagles scheduled to take on the Bulldogs Friday, February or fr- Friday, March twenty sixth through March twenty eighth, and then they will travel to Louisiana Tech April sixteenth through the eighteenth. And the way that that the conference did this. 12 teams in the conference uh, for baseball. Southern Miss is in the West with Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. So Southern Miss has five teams in the West, and in a typical season, you would play three teams from the East. This year, because of COVID and because of travel issues, they have taken one series out of the East, and now you play your travel partner in the West twice. So Southern Miss playing, obviously, Middle, Rice, UAB, and UTSA from the West, playing FAU and uh, Western Kentucky in the East. And so for that extra uh, series, that's why Louisiana Tech now enters into uh, the schedule twice. Yeah, you're gonna, they're going to play the Bulldogs eight times. And I'll tell you why that is particularly significant, is when you look at the Louisiana Tech roster, when you go down this Louisiana Tech roster, there is a lot of Mississippi flavor. All right, just, just listen to this, this La Tech roster. You've got Darius Myers, who is a redshirt sophomore. He's from Seminary, just, just right up the road you know, from Southern Miss. That's one guy that's on the roster. You've got Shamar Page, who is a, a sophomore uh, right-handed pitcher. He, he transferred after one year from Pearl River community college he's he's a terrific athlete he's on that team you've got kyle krigger who is from corinth who went to itawamba he is now uh in a louisiana tech roster bryce fagan from Petal, which is right across the river uh from southern miss he went to jones bryce fagan is pitching now for louisiana tech you got cade hodges who went to lloyd star high school and then on to pearl river uh cade hodges is also on that Louisiana Tech team. And Landon Tompkins, another pitcher who went to Brandon High School, he, uh, he went on to Hines, but then uh, Landon Tompkins now over there. And then, and then finally you got Tanner Knight, who's another uh, 6'3", junior right-handed pitcher from Eupora, who went to East Central Community College. All those guys uh, playing for Louisiana Tech. So you talk about good crowds. Yeah. Uh, for those games at Southern Miss and at La Tech, because I mean a lot of Mississippi guys and, of course, you know, Southern Miss has got some Louisiana guys, too. So, man, it's eight games, first time ever that Southern Miss will play a team from the conference eight times in a season. So it ought to be – ought to just make for some great baseball. Yeah, I can't think of a better team, if you're going to do that, Kelly, to do that with than Louisiana Tech. Yeah, and Lane Burroughs, you know, was, was an assistant coach at Southern Miss for a long time. And, you know, he, he's often said that Southern Miss was, was his dream job. You know, and now he's getting to coach against one of his mentors, Scott Perry. And and part of the guys, the reason that some of those guys are on that Louisiana Tech roster is, is Travis Creel, who, who's on the Southern <laughs> Hey, you're right. Yeah, he was. And Jose, Coach Ostrander coached there. Yeah, that's right. He was yeah. a pitching coach there. So yeah. um, there's a lot of crossover. So it just, makes, it just adds to that rivalry. I know this segment we were going to talk the football schedule. Um, but, man, I just, just a lot of. Great Mississippi talent on that tech roster. It's going to make for some really good baseball. Absolutely, right? Yeah. 
And, and we'll talk. We'll unpack tomorrow. Uh, we'll unpack football. Um, you know, a, a little more and, and look at that. And it's certainly interesting for sure. Uh, one more thing to note about Louisiana Tech: Rustin is hosting the Conference USA Championship this year. You remember a few years ago, their baseball facility was, you know, destroyed. And, and last year, under the construction, La Tech was going to have to play several games in, in Jackson. So, a brand new venue. Golden Eagles will be familiar with that place when they go back to play right. May twenty sixth, and we'll be familiar with the host team for sure. All right. Speaking of baseball, fellas, uh, the legendary left-hander Jack Duggan, legendary, of course, on the Southern Miss baseball program. Now Sports Information Director has just confirmed that assistant football coach Greg Meyer will be on the show tomorrow along with uh, Bud Holmes. We're working to get Jeremy McLean on the show next week, Scott Berry on the show, Jack's coming on next week. So uh, lots to talk about. And uh, I don't know, guys, I just – I don't know how you feel. I just – Sense some optimism, you know, that things are fixing to get better. Baseball's around the corner, and uh, and we're going to get this gum virus behind us, Kelly Sander. Man, I'm telling you, this this show is so popular now. I, I hear that, uh, that that Justin Bieber and Five Finger Death Punch want to come on the show. Um, I'm a big Death Punch guy. I know you are too, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now, if we can only get week in it, weekend, weekend playing something, weekend playing at the Super yeah, Bowl. Maybe, yeah, we, maybe we can get the Lost Weekend or whatever that band's called. Halftime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, perfect. I, I just can't wait. I don't know about you. <laughs> All right, that wraps up a really a bang-up show today. We're glad you're a part of it. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.